Hey, everybody. Welcome to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. I'm your host, Chris Levine, in the proverbial driver's seat. Thanks again for listening. Hey, remember, this is your time. Take a breather. Enjoy it. Just like on the Fat Albert Show, if you're not careful, you might just learn something. Well, today we're going to tackle the false consensus effect study. At this point, you may be asking, What exactly is that, Chris? Well, I'm glad you asked. You see, this was a study that was conducted by Lee Ross in 1977 at Stanford University, and here's what it was all about. There were participants, and the participants were asked to read about situations where a conflict occurred. Then they were given two possible ways of responding to that conflict they had a little task to do here. It was three part. Number one, they had to make their choice as to what they would do. Number two, they had to guess which option they thought most other people would choose. And number three, they were asked to try to describe what they thought the qualities of the people would be for those who would choose either of the two options. The outcome of all this a phenomenon now referred to as the false consensus effect, where an individual thinks that other people automatically think the same way that they do, when oftentimes they don't. The second observation that came from this was when participants were asked to describe the attributes of the people who will likely make the choice opposite of theirs. And this led to some pretty strong opinionated thinking and sometimes negative predictions about the personalities of those who did not share their choice. In other words, any rational person will have the exact same opinion on everything that I do. If you don't share my opinion, then there must be something wrong with you. And that's really what this is all about. This intensity, which often happens in society, often makes people ultra-conscious of being accepted. As far as a pop culture reference, one of the best and both exaggerated examples of this was in the 1983 movie Zelig. In this movie, the intensely neurotic character Zelig yearns for approval so badly that he actually physically changes to fit in with those around him, like a chameleon. Then, when he was eventually cured of all this by his therapist, he swung so far in the other direction that he would actually get into fights when having small talk with people over whether or not it was nice weather outside. Is the extremists that we're talking about here, the extremities, the all or nothing mentality. This was kind of like the original version of Forrest Gump because like Forrest, Zelig was always at the right place at the right time in history and was pictured with famous people through the decades. But, but it's true. We veer hard in both directions as people, don't we? I want to be just like you, or I don't want to be anything like you. And it's so easy to assume the traits of people by assigning our own traits to them 
or instinctively feeling they have to be different because they're nothing like me. It's very easy for this to, to take place. Uh, let me give you an example. As a journalist, at one point, I interviewed entertainers, musicians, uh, singers, songwriters, actors. At one point, I interviewed Chuck D from Public Enemy, and I asked him who his musical influences were. One of them was Iron Maiden. Now, this is pure, unapologetic, heavy metal music. And not long after that, I interviewed a man by the name of Daryl McDaniels. You might know him better as DMC from Run DMC. And you know what he told me some of his influences were? Neil Young, Bob Dylan, and Creedence Clearwater Revival. Now, now, what I found interesting was that readers of these interviews at the time when they came out commented things back to me like, wow, really? You see, in both cases, people thought that as hip-hop artists, their influences must have been 100% other hip-hop artists only. Well, of course they were influenced by hip-hop artists, but they weren't limited to that. And, and that illustrates one aspect of this false consensus effect perfectly. You see, people don't usually do this consciously. And I don't know if that makes me feel better or not, but it is true. A lot of times it's subconscious. Uh, sometimes this behavior can be downright scary because it's very, very stereotypical and it can pigeonhole people into little groups. But other times it's so ridiculous that it's funny. You know, one of my favorite lines in the movie The Blues Brothers was when the band was going to play at a place called Bob's Country Bunker. It was a honky-tonk bar. And they pretty quickly realized it wasn't an R&B and soul music kind of a crowd. So they asked a bartender named Claire, what kind of music do you usually play here? And she says, oh, we've got both kinds, country and western. This line was delivered absolutely perfectly by the actress Sheila Wells. Now, I love this. Because obviously, there were more kinds of music on Earth when that movie was shot in 1980. In fact, the number one song in the United States when the movie was released was Funky Town <laughs> by Lips Incorporated. But, but in this character's world, none of that existed. See, Claire just assumed that the band played and the rest of the world listened to country and western, both kinds of music. This, too, illustrates the false consensus effect in a true sense as well. So what if we're listening to this and we're thinking, um, oops, I kind of do this sometimes? Well, honestly, I think we all do this on some level, at the very least subconsciously. I like that there were some thoughts found in other places that really substantiated a lot of this. Um, there was one particular website called Effectiviology, and notice what it said in, in this regard. I'm going to quote it directly. It states, the main ways to reduce the false consensus effect are to think about alternative viewpoints before estimating how widespread your own viewpoint is, and to think of positive aspects of those alternative viewpoints as well as of negative aspects of your own viewpoint. In addition, if you want to mitigate the false consensus effect, you can focus on 
the internal causes for your thoughts and for your actions, which will help you assess the degree to which your viewpoint depends on those factors. And then you can do things like use self-distancing techniques, which will help reduce the degree to which you are attracted to your viewpoint. You want me to translate that for you? In plain terms, to sum that up, remember everybody, not everybody thinks like you do. Not everybody thinks like I do. Now, consciously, we probably mostly know that. But subconsciously, we might not. But here's a bonus to being self-aware in this way. So if we catch ourselves doing this, and if we really try to stop, our whole world will get better. We'll get less hurt. You're thinking, well, wait a minute, how's that possible? We well, see, if we assume that someone thinks just like us and they offend us, it becomes completely personal. They should have known better because they think exactly like we do. But if we acknowledge that they may think nothing like we do, even if it looks like they should, while it's still not necessarily going to be a picnic, it becomes way less personal. Our focus then becomes more on them than it is on us. So we are essentially then just a little less self-absorbed. And ultimately, the less it is on us most of the time, the less often we probably will fall into the world of the creepy, creepy false consensus effect. Now, as is the norm for our little love fest, we create a soundtrack for each of the podcasts based on our theme. Now, if you go to Spotify and you search Refresher Podcast dash False Consensus Effect, you'll probably find it right after you get to the word false. But if you put Refresher Podcast dash False Consensus Effect, you will find an awesome playlist for your listening pleasure. And what is that playlist? Let's talk about it now. The False Consensus Effect playlist is number one, Editions of You by Roxy Music. That's editions with an E. It'll make a little bit more sense when you re realize that it's an E and not an A. And number two is Human Behavior by Bjork. Number three, You Can't Judge a Book by Its Cover by Stevie Wonder. Number four, Second Guessing by R.E.M. Number five, Personality Crisis by the New York Dolls. Number six, The Real Me by The Who. Number seven, Only a Lad by Oingo Boingo. Number eight, The Act We Act by Sugar. Number nine, I Might Be Wrong by Radiohead. And number 10, Stay Far Away So Close by you too. If you'd like to check out this playlist in its entirety, again, on Spotify, just type into the search Refresher Podcast dash False Consensus Effect. Listen, thanks for tuning in to Refresher. Before we close, we just wanted to once again mention the guys at the Managing Expectations podcast. Go check them out on Spotify. Jeff and Brian are great hosts that dive deep into the pop culture landscape they're a really good listen, and again, they do different things from week to week, so you want to check that out regularly. They are the Managing Expectations podcast. And also, 
for the love of all that is holy, remember to check in and have a listen to the 7208 podcast on Spotify too. This will give you multi-generational pop culture dot, 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 blended to perfection. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by John Villafuerte. Until then, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor. And remember, there is a big difference between worry and concern. See you next time. <laughs>